This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Liz Popwell, Chief Strategy and Transformation Officer at Stony Brook Medicine. Liz, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Laura. It's always a pleasure to be here. And I'm really looking forward to talking with you because I know there's so much happening at Stony Brook right now, and certainly you've been on the forefront of healthcare transformation for years and and a lot of exciting things on the way too. But before we dive into that discussion, could you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Happy to. So um, I have been a healthcare executive and or consultant for, gosh, almost 30 years now and, um, you know, started um, my career doing consulting work, uh, came into the provider side many years ago and have worked with uh, a lot of national, uh, nationally recognized healthcare systems. I worked for um, Ascension Health uh, most recently before Stony Brook Medicine as their chief strategy officer for Michigan. I worked with Atrium Health System um, uh, Gosh, it was five years ago at ish. I left them and were, I was with them for about 17 years. So it's really fun, actually, you know, as you continue your career and you look back and you, you think about all the strategic work you did with these organizations. And um, even though your career moves on and you move on to other things, um, it's fun to watch the news and see some of that happen and say, hey, I was a part of that. So um I'm really excited to be here today, and I just um, have been with Stony Brook Medicine now for a year and a half, and it's just an amazing organization. So I've had a lot of strategy and operations background, and that's been very helpful in, in my current role. That's amazing to hear and very gratifying, I'm sure, to have spent time with such large organizations and really movers and shakers in the field. Now, you know, when you're looking at um, your position at Stony Brook, what are some of your top priorities right now? What are you spending most of your time on? That's a great question. So a lot of what we are spending our time on right now is um, we just launched our uh, new strategic plan. And so, uh, as you well know, strategy is is as good as the paper is written on unless you motivate and get folks um, excited and and aligned with that. So right now, focusing a lot on alignment and communications, um, been doing a lot with our clinical chairs and really working on uh, what are, what are the goals for this year? We've we've established our first year of goals, and uh, they're very aspirational. And um, so, really working with folks to understand how they can meet those goals. And so, um, at Stony Brook Medicine, we've got a three part mission, which is around obviously the provision of healthcare. It's around scientific discovery and um, also education. We have five health science programs. And so, this is the first strategic plan where it pulls you know all those elements together as well as our our health science schools. And so really working on um, interdisciplinary initiatives right now, which I think are, you know, in some cases, very, very exciting, because it's just amazing to see a bunch of people come together, create a vision, and then really start to work on those those visions and really break down, you know, traditional thoughts and really think innovatively and um, really feed off of one another. And so that that the energy right now is palpable and exciting. And so my priority right now is to keep that energy up, keep that energy moving and keep us focused on our key priorities and our strategic plan. 
That's amazing to hear. And, and definitely, you know, not as easy as it sounds to sometimes keep that energy momentum going. I can imagine for the team you work with on a regular basis, um, having big goals in, in definitely um, can be overwhelming at times, especially with some of the challenges in the healthcare space. I know many organizations are facing workforce shortages or, or other financial challenges. And so, you know, when you look at the day-to-day compared to um, making sure that people are, you know, um, excited about coming to work and excited about the direction you're headed, how do you really make sure you're injecting that kind of energy and keeping people motivated and excited about what's to come? Yeah, great question. We, we have a lot of different ways in which we do that. Um, we've got weekly communications that come out from our EVP and CEO and um, really, you know, talking about the strategy and the blueprint and where we're headed. Um, I think one of the most um, exciting things we did just recently is we had a strategy plan rollout where we, we did watch parties, you know, as an organization that has multiple large sites, um, we actually, um, I asked the executive team to help me with that. They went out to each individual site and uh, we did a watch party. And so we rolled out the beginning of the strategic plan and they really tied it specifically to the daily work. And I think that's where a lot of organizations sometimes struggle is how do you take this lofty aspiration and connect it to the day-to-day operations? And so um, one of the things we did, we had over a thousand, roughly a thousand um, participants through this process, uh, which was great. And so we had executives at these sites, um, not just hear the, the initial rollout from me of the strategic plan and the framework, but also to sit down and say, okay, now what does that mean to the work that we do today in this particular site? How does this resonate with you? What does this mean in terms of day-to-day engagement with our patients, with ourselves, um, research? education, et cetera, with our students. And so um, that was really well received. And so we're continuing the momentum by um, working with marketing and communications on um, routine messaging, as well as continuing to um, have executive rounds focus in on some of the strategic areas of priority so that we can make sure that we're, it's not just a one and done, it's a constant communication. And, um, you know, just when we think we communicate enough, we know it's probably not enough. And so that's really been our focus right now is just to keep the conversation moving. We've got a lot of uh, physician executives and um, clinical leaders that are very involved. I've been working with all of the different departments. We've got 17 different departments in our clinical physician enterprise. And I've been going out and and meeting with all of the faculty, meeting with all of the um, departments and, you know, sharing the the vision of where we're headed, but also getting their feedback, because I think it's really important that it's a two-way conversation because um, you can set, again, the best strategy in the world, but if you don't have that feedback and those transparent conversations, um, then sometimes you can, you can go afoul. And so we're really focusing on that transparency right now, making data more transparent and really trying to break down silos and work across the organization in a more horizontal fashion. I love that. I, I think it's so important, especially your emphasis on making sure, as you said, being able to connect all folks across the organization, be transparent and really help people understand, you know, what's going on and, and where things are headed. I, I can imagine that's really powerful. And, you know, looking into the future, how do you see Stony Brook evolving over the next two to three years or so? Um, obviously, a, a high change time currently in, in how you see that continuing to, to grow. 
Yeah, we we struggle, you know, as everyone does right now with with uh, resources, right, with staffing. And so one of the things that we've been working on over the last couple of years is really um, two things. One is our engagement. Uh, we just did an employee engagement survey where we'll get the results soon and, and really actively listening to what our um, employees and faculty need and uh, responding to that in a proactive way so that we're Again, focusing on our culture, but then also focusing on, um, you know, we've done a really nice job, frankly, with nurse, nursing turnover. We've we've decreased our nursing turnover to almost 10.2, 10.0%, very nicely coming out of COVID. So we really have done a good job of looking at uh, salary disparities. Um, now, again, doesn't mean we finished, doesn't mean we've done everything we have to do, but really good job of really trying to find ways to be more competitive um, in that perspective and really reduce our staffing turnover. Uh, also looking at faculty right now and looking at faculty data and faculty turnover. So our physician enterprise, looking at um, some uh, areas where we have opportunity to improve um, not just uh, you know the work environment, but also just um, be more competitive in that space. And so we we know we have some work to do within our physician enterprise. So focusing on that. But honestly, you know, one of the other things as we think longer term is, you know, burnout. You know, what is burning out our staff? What is burning out um, our physicians? And um, one of the the initiatives we're focusing on is related to. Uh, technology, AI, and really looking at what are some of the things that we might be able to do that really help reduce the documentation burden in the ambulatory care setting. We have um, been very blessed to have through the Renaissance School of Medicine and the College of Engineering, we have a biomedical informatics team that has been working on AI for years. And we have one of the nation's leading AI um, clinical pathologists um, on our team, and, and he's leading a group for us. And so we're really looking also at what are the things that we can do, um, not just from a clinical case use perspective, but what can we do from an operational perspective to help improve uh, documentation burden, to help improve case mix index, to help make sure that we're looking at some of the operational pieces and focusing our time and attention on what's most important. So I think that's something we'll evolve to over the next two to three years. It's obviously going to be a, a long long haul, a work in process. There's a lot of um, advantages as well as challenges when we use AI, um, machine learning and, and predictive analytics. But um, but I think we've got an amazing team. And so we'll be working on basically the workforce of the future. You know, what does uh, work look like over the next 30 years? And how do we vision for that and bring that back into our strategic plan? How do we then take that and change curriculum? and really think about our, our educational mission and how do we teach our students to be prepared for that new expectation of how they'll work in the workforce. And then what does that mean to you know our research or interdisciplinary research as well as our clinical care? So really looking at models of the future and really piloting and trialing some things from an innovation perspective. We know we won't get it right at the first go, but we've got a lot of um, really smart people who really wanna think about you know, how do we prepare the workforce of the future? Because we all know 
with the baby boomers um, retiring, we don't have enough workforce, even before the pandemic, to replace um, all the positions and, and people are not going into healthcare as much as they were before. And, and so our big focus is on interdisciplinary education and training our students right now how to work as a team so that when they get out into the workforce, they have already developed those skills and they have already learned how to how to speak across those different um, silos, if you will, and, and work in a more effective manner. I love that. I, I really appreciate you looking so far into the future, but then to being squarely rooted into the realities of today and how, um, you know, being able to start that shift um, and make that difference within your current workforce and then know what you need to the future and grow and develop. Um, it seems like a great mix of being able to have both of those um, things going on at the same time and really being successful there. I'm wondering, before we wrap up our conversation, what is one change that you or your team has made that has yielded some great results? You know, I think just the, the strategic planning process overall has been highly collaborative. Uh, we took several months um, because we wanted to make sure it was highly collaborative. So I think um, taking the collaborative spirit of the organization and focusing it on a vision for the future has been one um, very important result. I think we have a lot of other tangible results. You know, as I said, with regard to turnover reductions, we've got, um, we've improved our hiring processes. Uh, we have something called the CTO, um, which is our throughput office, which is focusing on um, our, our flagship hospital and really focusing in on um, improvements in um, like the stay and operational throughput and, and making sure that patients are moving uh, appropriately through the system. That's, that's always a challenge, especially for big hospitals and health systems. So a lot of success there. And then really honestly working with our physician executives and our physician leadership to really vision for um, how we want to how we want to transform the way we work in the future and how we want to work collaboratively across our different faculty practice plans and our different MSOs. I think that um, that that has been a great uh, change and a, and a great uh, process. And so now over the next couple of years, we'll be focusing on um, really implementing those new decision-making models as well as those new um, comp compensation and incentive models to make sure we're all focused on this, the strategies we've agreed to. I love it, Liz. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun and interesting discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks, Laura. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate it. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.